Good morning, brothers and sisters and family. Um, Do I pray first? You can tell I've never done this before, you guys. <laughs> Thank you for letting me practice on you all. <laughs> okay, we'll get all holy. Um, thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. Let this be a time where we just glorify your name. We just praise you and worship you. This is the day that you've created. We're blessed. Thank you for the lightning and thunder last night. And we're all here, so it didn't hit any of us. That was pretty spectacular. And Lord, just guide and lead so that our ears can hear just what you have to say to us today, specifically, individually. And my new word is cellularly. Thank you for filling us up, Lord, to overflow. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And don't let me mess up your name by saying something wrong here, Lord. Amen. So, um, the Lord gave me this word this morning. Um, and I'll tie in with that I went to a sozo last week. It's in Deuteronomy 10. And the subtitle is A Call to Love and Obedience. It says, there it is. And now, oh, and I'm reading from, I'm reading from the New Living Testament, which I really like. Is that what we have? I can't see. So it says, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God. This is Moses talking, okay? This is his second go around with the second Ten Commandments and you know, I kind of love Moses because he just got irritated and he, he did fall into sin. But don't we love that the Bible lets all these heroes of faith, they messed up just like we do and they got another chance. And I love that that wasn't taken out. They're fallible human beings that love the Lord and he loved them. Okay, so now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God you live in a way that pleases him, and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. Look, the highest heavens and earth, boy, did we see that last night, right? And everything in it all belong to the Lord your God. Yet the Lord chose your ancestors as the objects of his love, and he chose you, their descendants, were grafted in, above all other nations, as is evident today. Therefore, change your hearts and stop being stubborn. There's a word. So what he's talking about is that there's a preview. You know, previously, these people had stubborn hearts. They were in trouble a lot. He was too. And then there was the present where he's directing now, this is what we're going to live, we're going we're gonna to obey, we're going to love God. And then he's talking about the future and their descendants and what's going to happen because God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he always addresses in that trinity of who he is that whatever's happened to us in the past, what's ever happening now, what's ever happening in the future, there's always hope and there's a way of coming through. And he's going to take them through. So what happened last week and what was on my heart to share was 
this obedience and this love, we have to, you know, ask God to help us to surrender to that because that's the key. And as I got to go to Sozo, um, it was a surrender point because it, my logic and my being was like, well, we've done this before. Is it really going to come to fruition? Am I going to do all of this and not get freedom? And you try hard to not have those moments of doubt or unbelief, which God still loves us in the middle of it. But still, it happens. And that has to be a point of obedience where we just surrender. And for me, obedience and surrender is the same thing. It's like, I want your will because your will is always perfect and you have a great plan and you wouldn't call me to go do this sozo if it wasn't going to end well for me and for you. Um, so I had two and a half hours with Stan. He's the leader of sozo ministry down there. And he's also um, helped walk people through 1,700 times. And Stan's getting close to 80 if he isn't there now. Um, and he's been serving the Lord for 50-some years. So I was in great hands. And then Bridget was the scribe, and she wrote great notes that you, you get to take. And so for the, the concern that I had of going down there, um, one of the things that they teach you, and you remember the ladder, and it's Jesus and, and Father God and Holy Spirit, and they take you through that, and they don't say... This is what I see. It's not a prophetic ministry at all. It is a teaching you how to hear from the Lord. So it's like a listening prayer type ministry is how that was explained to me. And so you're the one that gets to have the download from God. It's so incredibly powerful that body, soul, spirit gets ministered to. And I mean on a cellular place so deep and it's intense because you feel the presence of God so strongly and you also get to see. So it's hard to even describe because it was such a personal, but besides that, it was just such a encompassing um, time that we had in his presence. Also the thing that one of the, the person that was scribing um, Bridget, she said, every morning I ask the Lord, and this was so key, what is the lie that maybe I've thought about in my sleep or I would enter my day with? What is the lie that I need to know what it is and attack that thing right now before I even go out the door? And I thought that was really helpful because that's where the Garden of Eden happened, where they believed a lie, and then they even embellished their own lie, you know, yeah, we're not even supposed to touch that fruit. I mean, God didn't say that, but it just went from one accepting a lie, believing a lie, to then they lied to themselves. And so one of the things that they're really wonderful about is showing, you know, kind of guiding you, what is the lie in this situation, fruit to root? What is it that you, the, what is it that you've believed that's not true? So you have what you think is true, and then you have Jesus over here who is the truth, the way, and the light. And they help to guide you to that. So when Bridget wakes up in the morning and she goes, what's a lie? Um, show me. That's such a surrendered place. 
And it's so awesome because maybe somebody the day before said something to us and it triggered us or it hit us in a hard place. And we went, yeah, maybe I am like thoughtless like that situation. And then we get into this whole um, kind of domino effect. And that impacts our relationship with how the Lord sees us and who he is for us. And it's not who he is. And it's not who we are either. So one of the things that I thought was really fun and creative, and since God created humor, I think now I'm going to ask every day, tell me a funny something, Lord, because you're hilarious. <laughs> and I think, you know, because the joy of the Lord's our strength, maybe we sometimes forget that, and that... A joyful heart, it's great medicine, you know? It's just so good for us. So one of the things, I had a list. They asked you to write a list and keep a journal and pray and fast. And they did too, because I was in such wonderful hands. There was so much safety there. You just feel the presence of God so strong. And you know that whatever the Lord's going to show you, this is the place you want to do it in, you know? This is where it begins. And so I had been writing and journaling and the things that I put down, the Lord addressed all of them in just the sweetest, sweetest way. I never, ever felt judged or put on the spot or um, there's no condemnation. And there wasn't in that office either. And so he kind of came at me and sort of in the back door, the Lord did, because this is a little intimidating. These are strangers, which isn't a bad thing. Might as well have strangers know all of, my, all of me, you know, why not? So one of the things that happened was... Um, I, he, he starts, Stan starts off with the, you know, the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and, and the ladder and all of that. And so he, he, then he asks you in that situation, he asks you questions, and then you should say, okay, Lord, show me that. And you really do get a visualization in a very, very holy, healthy way. And one of them was that I was... You know, having this conversation with the Lord, and we were working this situation out. And he says, um, now put your hands out. Tammy, can I borrow your hands for a minute? So he says, Jesus, put your hands there. So we're going to do it this way. Okay. And he says, so this is when you release you know, and you forgive and you release everything. And he goes, so what's he doing? Well, what happened was he goes. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I'm in a holy moment here, God, and you're playing with me. And I just burst out laughing and stands like. You know, I'm sure there's other people that Jesus did something really funny to, and they burst out laughing. And he was like, high five, high ten, Connie. <laughs> we're good. And I thought, I needed to laugh. I mean, that was... And then there were a couple other moments where I just cracked up because it was so real. Jesus was sitting right there. My grandmother's telling me, we're going to wash your feet. And I'm like, I'm so irritated. I'm five. I don't need my feet washed. But she was like so into getting my feet washed because I had to go take a nap so I didn't get polio. And then I had to have cleaned feet and I'd been all in the dirt and everything else and she didn't want my dirty feet in the sheets. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and 
Now looking back, yeah, I had dirty feet, didn't need to like carry that through the whole house. And so we're sitting on the steps and the Lord's saying to me, and this is how he introduced himself into this whole sozo thing, was by joy and laughter. And he did not hit me with the heavy duty stuff. Now, maybe he does that with other people, but with me, it was kind of the backdoor Jesus that's like, we're going to have some fun here today. <laughs> and so I'm sitting on the steps, and yeah, she's, you know, I'm washing my feet, and she's washing it. But there's Jesus, like, right between us. And I'm looking, and my grandmother's, like, over here, and I'm thinking, this is interesting. And he starts laughing, and he's chuckling. And I'm like, this is annoying because I don't think this is funny that I have to wash my feet. <laughs> and, and he's just chuckling. He goes, I, I know you. I mean, he knew I, was, I could get to be an irritated five-year-old fairly quickly. And he was saying, I know you don't want your feet washed, but you need them washed. And your grandma, you know, she really does think that cleanliness is next to godliness. Isn't that kind of cute? <laughs> and he was like joking with me and her in the situation and it was so refreshing. It's not like I have scars because my mother made, or my grandmother made me wash my feet. It wasn't that. It was like another moment that you get to see the, the humanity of Jesus. And if he created humor, wow. And we're creating his image, then we got some real holy joy, you know. So that was just something funny that I thought every day I'm going to ask, show me something funny. Talk to me, Lord. Um, I, I just want to hear it. Um, I think besides the lies of what's a lie, what's truth, that's a great way to start the day. The, the humor of God, the kindness of God, and the obedience, it's just is like this wonderful circular tool of how to, how to have life day by day. And I was just grateful that they were there, and they were so kind and so loving. It, it was something that we owe it to ourselves to do things like that for us because it's a hard, it's a, it can be a hard world. Sometimes we have hard things, but there's a place to get refreshing. And I'm really grateful that for that. I'm grateful for the healing that went all the way through to my cells. I felt totally, totally different. It's hard to even explain. I'm still. I mean, I spent two and a half hours in an altered universe where Jesus is laughing and I'm just getting my feet washed, you know? It was like, but the heavy-duty things he brought in, and I cried. And I think what really got me was Stan, unless this happened, like you guys know in uh, the Passion of Christ and the, the drop comes down, and you know it's Jesus' tear on the earth. Well, Stan was standing over me, and they're very respectful, and he said, can I touch your shoulder? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And so he's praying for me for some hard stuff, and I felt this little, this little tear drop on me. And I think because tears have Pitocin in them, and they're healing, and that's why he, he, they call it healing tears, I just think that there was something even in that little gesture of kindness where the Lord was like, you're not alone. There's people here. I see you, and I'm healing you, and I'm the God who restoreth you. So for what it's worth, that's what I went through. It was really cool. Everybody deserves to go. It's a great experience. Amen.
Well, I, I thought she was going to blast us off into worship, but I sent you a text, Lynette. I don't know. If... <laughs> you know, this is so unfussy today. If you have to go at 12, I'll just uh, pull somebody out of the hat to transition, unless you... Okay, so you're off the hook for transition. Hmm. Hmm. You want to come up and share your Sozo testimony? Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say on her behalf, she had a Sozo in August before she came home. And uh, like daughter, like father, because I, I heard that she cried a lot. And yes, Jesus didn't laugh with me when I had my Sozo. I just, he knew, he knows I'm just this broken little baby on the inside that needs lots of comfort <laughs> lots of healing of those you know little <clears throat> little heart tears but man Stan I love those guys those you got to hear his meet his wife too they're the sweetest people on earth but yeah anyway you guys ready to worship why don't we stand up Oh, and by the way, during worship, this worship set this morning is a very soaky worship set. Very soaky. So feel free, if you want to sit during some of the time, if you want to grab a piece of the carpet back there and just lay out on it, whatever you want to do. It's, there's not a lot of people here today, so you are free just to, if you need to get on your knees. You can even come up here. I'll move this stuff off this rug. Wherever you want to go. But don't feel like you have to stand the whole time. You know, it's not a requirement that we stand during worship. So just, just enjoy this worship this morning as a time just to, just to let become cellular, as Kanye was saying. Let him saturate every fiber of who you are because he's here and he wants to do that. He wants to immerse you in his life. He's your father. He's your creator. He loves how he's made you and he just wants to he just wants to soak you with his goodness. So Jesus, we just come into your presence this morning. We come to give you worship. We come to give you praise. We come to present our hearts to you this morning. Lord, we just say, take our hearts and let them be yours. <clears throat> we want to do that over and over throughout the day, throughout the week. But for the next hour, God, we just say, here's our heart. Take it. Place your kiss on the heart, on the spirit within each person here. Let your love and your peace and your joy saturate each one of us. God, you know we need you more than anything else. And since you know it and it's your desire to pour your goodness on us, we just put our hearts before you and we say, here it is. Here's my dreams, my future, my present, my past, all of it. You can have it all. <clears throat> so we just come. We come by the blood of Jesus. We come because you have made a way for us to enter your presence because you have dealt with our sin on the cross. You have blotted out our iniquity. You have covered our sin and shame with your blood. And so we come boldly this morning to worship you in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Holy, 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 Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you for your presence here, Lord. We thank you that you've been pouring and pouring and pouring your, your generous, overwhelming love 
over us and under us and surrounding us. Just see it, I feel it. God, I thank you for your great love. We thank you for your great love today. We worship you, God. How can we do nothing else but just to, to soak and bask at your feet? Thank you, Lord. We worship you, King Jesus. We just breathe you in, Lord. We breathe in that intoxicating love of yours, the intoxicating fragrance of your love, God. We just drink it in deeply. We drink you in deeply. Who needs drugs when we have you, Jesus? We don't need fake peace through smoking drugs. We just drink you in. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the Shalom of Heaven. And we just breathe you in. We breathe in your intoxicating peace this morning. Yeah, release your joy in this room, Lord. Deep, deep joy, Lord Jesus. Yeah, Revelation chapter 19 says, Then I saw heaven opened, and suddenly a white horse appeared. The name of the one riding it was faithful and true. Thank you, Jesus, that you come riding in. You come riding in on our storms. You are faithful and true. And this morning, you are just riding in. You are riding on a white horse right into the center of our lives. Thank you, Lord. The name of one writing it was faithful and true, and his pure righteousness, with pure righteousness, he judges and rides to battle. He wore many regal crowns, and his eyes were flashing like flames of fire. He had a secret name inscribed on him that, that's known only to himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title is called the Word of God. Following him on white horses were the armies of heaven, wearing white, fine linen, pure and bright. A sharp sword came from his mouth with which to conquer the nations, and he will shepherd them with an iron scepter. He will trample out the wine in the winepress of his wrath of God. On his robe, and on his thigh, he has inscribed a name, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We just say it together. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You are King of Kings, Lord Jesus. You are the Lord of Lords. We are your kings and your priests this morning. And we thank you that you have given us white horses to climb up on and ride with you that you don't just ride off without us into the storm, fighting our battle while we just stay hiding in a room somewhere. No, you set us up on white horses with you. We go riding forth with you, King Jesus. The victory is yours. You're riding on the storm, and we will follow you. We will follow you. We will follow the lamb wherever he goes. We will listen to your voice and we will follow you, King Jesus. You are our shepherd. We are your sheep. And we hear your voice. And we will never follow a stranger. 
We will not follow another. Thank you, Jesus. Lead us on. Lead us on, Lord. Yeah. Amen. Wow. I'm going to read something real quick, you guys. And then I want to open this up for anyone who wants to. In fact, if you have a prophetic word or a picture, anything that you want to share, you included, Irene, um, go ahead and just come up now if you want, or I'll bug you a little bit if no one comes up. But just kind of come up and line up for a minute. I'm going to read something. While we were worshiping, I saw a picture of, well, I was, I was on my knees, and I, I felt like the Lord showed me. I was in the middle of like a garden, I guess, but it was bigger than a garden. It was like a, a huge it's maybe something I've seen in a painting, but I was seeing hearts falling all over the all over the ground, and I was in the middle of a giant pale pink puddle, <laughs> and I just scooped it up. It's his love. He was showing me that he has placed his love under me, and he's pouring his love over me, and it's the same love that he had for me before I even knew him. So, he has that same love for you, and you can't mess it up. Shauna, Josh, you can't mess it up. His love for you is unfailing. He doesn't love you any more now than he did the very first day he breathed life into your body. I said that just to get your attention, because I felt like you want, needed to hear that, but I wanted you to hear it too. But that's for all of us. So I was reminded of Song of Songs, about the garden, and I looked it up in the Passion Translation because it's way more passionate. Chapter 5, this is the bridegroom talking. If you want to close your eyes, go ahead and just close your eyes. Just listen to this. This would be what some interpreters would believe Jesus speaking to us. This is the bridegroom, and you are the bride. He says, I have gathered from your heart I have gathered from your heart my equal, my bride. I have gathered from my garden all my sacred spices, even my myrrh. I have tasted and enjoyed my wine within you. I have tasted with pleasure my pure milk, my honeycomb, which you yield to me. I delight in gathering my sacred spice. All the fruits of my life I have gathered from within you, my paradise garden. Come, all my friends, feast upon my bride. All you revelers of my palace, feast on her, my lovers. Drink and drink and drink again until you can take no more. Drink the wine of her love. Take all you desire, you priests. My life within her will become your feast. So you can open your eyes if you don't, I don't want you to fall asleep. Marilyn's already wasted over there. <laughs> she drank and drank and drank. And that is a picture of how he sees our hearts. And it's also how our hearts as his church, his bride, release his life to those on the outside. He invites all his friends, come, come to my bride, feast on her. 
Drink and drink and drink again until you can take no more. That is who we've been called to be. We've been called to be a wine barrel. (laughs) With a tap and it never runs out. And anyone who comes to you, to you, mom, while you're serving samples at Costco, anyone that comes to you, you have the spout where the glory comes out, just pour it out. Give them a cup of joy. Give them a cup of peace, whatever they need, a cup of his love, and just throw it on them. Not literally. I mean, don't throw the samples on them, but you you might want to sometime, but. So I'm going to go ahead and open this up for anyone who wants to share something. Good morning, Legacy City Church family. Bear with me on this. This It's just something the Lord's been working out in me, but I believe it's a word for today. And I might murder it a little bit. So as we've been um, in this culture of honor and learning about a culture of honor, and I've really been speaking to the Lord about it and um, trying to see with his eyes more than I do with my own. And in um, counseling and teaching a teenager in my house, um, the The other day the Lord said to me, I was remembering the people that had spoken into my life, my parents, my my grandparents, those wise people and the people that um, really love the Lord. And he said, their name is sweet upon your lips. And I go, whoa, okay. And he said, because their name is sweet upon my lips. So we have that living, breathing God within us, his word is powerful and it's living and it's active. Our words are important. Our names are important. We were given names. But what he showed me was, and I believe, because I always wondered about this, that he has a name for us. I always wondered, okay, what is that name? I don't think we can even imagine because of the way he sees us. He lives in us. We are to represent him. We are to emulate him. We are to become Christ-like. So all of that is rolling around within us in our spirit. He sees our potential. He sees us bright, colorful, vibrant, living. So I believe that that name and what he's trying to show me and work out in me is all the plans that he's had for us from the beginning of time all that we are, all that he's created us to be, all that we are becoming. And in that one word, which we will understand when we hear it out of his, from his lips, and that name is sweet on his lips. I was fighting with God and he won, here I am. (laughs) Has anybody ever said or thought, somebody's kids, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, who's kid? Well, my kids were out at my house yesterday, my daughter and, of course, my cute, precious, perfect little Amelie, and TJ and the dog and, and Randy and everybody's just doing their thing. And I'm kind of having to, to distance myself from that whole thing that people call 
um, first baby syndrome. You know, as if we're too old to know how to keep a child alive. And, you know, how did we ever make it? So I've got the leg of lambs going. And, oh, my daughter's just kind of, you know, being a little bit of a bugger. And so I, I walked out to the garage. And as I did, I said, oh, Lord. I said, some people's children. And this goes back to your thing about the humor of God. I didn't hear him, but his presence was there. And so you know how on that level you you hear him. And as I said, oh, Lord, some people's children, he said, yep, and she's yours. (laughs) And then there was this chuckle out of me and this chuckle out of him. And off he goes and off I go back in the house going. (laughs) So, yes. Ask for those funny times. Allow them to come in and, and poke you and, and share with you because there's just so much goodness in him and we don't want to miss a drop of it. Not a drop. Hi, those that don't know me, I'm Irene. I have been in a church in Tacoma for three years. It's a church of prophets. And um, my ministry partner went to be with the Lord on um, July 6th. And we had Christian senior singles ministry and all kinds of things. So the Lord's got me in a transition. Well, I was watching a movie yesterday and I saw this name. And the Lord said, oh, I want you to go to that church this morning. My heart's broken, people. I'm telling you. I walked in there, I don't want to badmouth anything, but God just gave me a bigger picture of what's going on in the body of Christ, and it's, it's heartbreaking. It's so dead. It's, it, it was amazing to me, you know, because I'm, I'm used to being in God's presence, and His Spirit's flowing, and the gifts are flowing, and people are uniting, and, and God has me connecting. I've got uh, people from... Kingston, Paulsbo, I mean, all the way down through Tacoma, God is connecting. And when I went in there today, the Lord reminded me, he said, we need to pray. We need to intercede because if revival is going to happen, it has to happen in the body of Christ first. And we're, we're divided. We're, we are not in the same flow of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the, the legalism and the, and the, they started worshiping, and my heart broke. I, it's, it, I, I had to literally get up and leave. I couldn't, because the Holy Spirit was so grieved from the noise. It was just total noise. And I have to tell you guys, when I, I said, God, what am I going to do? He said, go here. So when I was in the parking lot, and I heard the worship. My spirit just, just rose up. I was like, oh, I'm going to get refreshed here. Good. But we need to pray for the body of Christ um, God's been giving me revelations and pictures. Um, I had a word of knowledge for a pastor months ago, and the Lord showed me this picture of this volcano, and it was a graphic design volcano, not one in the natural. And it was about the fire of God and the explosion that's coming from the north, and it's going to flow down, down through Washington State and down through California. Three days later... I had not talked to my pastor all week. I went in there to prayer, and I was really excited to tell him what the Lord showed me because it all had to do with the Hebrides Scottish revival and the overflow of that and, how, and God's stirring that all up now. And I was watching the DVD with Alec Rollins, The Presence, 
all of that's going on. And I, this volcano was so amazing. I, it was this graphic design. And I was telling it at my, my prayer group at 9 o'clock in the morning. And the pastor looked at me and goes, you just wait until service. We had worship. He got up. He started talking about Hebrides revival. He put on the screen a picture of the volcano that I saw. It, it was exactly the picture. So I knew God was doing something. But So I've been out of Kitsap County and Pierce County. That's, that's where I'm going. But I'm like, man, we got, we got to pray. We got to intercede for the body of Christ that we become united. How are we going to, you know, and it's sad to me. It wasn't there. I'm sorry. It, it was heartbreaking. So, Lord, I just pray for that church for an awakening by your Holy Spirit. They don't acknowledge the gifts. They're not, they're not acknowledging all the fullness of who Jesus is. And I'm sure that's not the only place. So I want to bless you guys for standing and believing the fullness of Jesus and his spirit and what his Holy Spirit wants to do in the body of Christ. But I'm saying, please, pray for these people and what's going on here. So, in Jesus' name. Thank you, guys. You know, <clears throat> I'm not sure how that this will fit, but and just as Irene was sharing that, and I was reminded of Steve Backland. And this is just a perspective thing. Um, Steve Backland said, Lord, this was years ago before he was a part of Bethel, before Bethel, I think, was even in existence. He said, Lord, if we could just get the, the believers in the churches into unity, then revival will come. But now this is the funny thing. Get excited, yes, because that's, that's true. That is very true. But the Lord told Steve, Steve, if I could just get you into unity with yourself, <laughs> revival would come. So... With, and so I'm thinking, why am I thinking of that? What, what was it he said regarding that? And basically, Steve is, is talking about how God has given us the, the permission and the authority to declare his heart. So we get, and thank God we, we are, as a little church, we are in a place where we, we've come into that revelation. We can step into it and we can declare his heart so we know the agenda of heaven is that in their leadership and their entire flock, their worship team from head to toe, that they would experience revival. So today, Lord, we just say, we declare with heaven, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. God, we pray blessing on them. We pray, lift the veil so that they could just wallow in the love of heaven, the love of Jesus that is that is overflowing towards them even now. Thank you, Lord. God, we bless them and we do, we pray for the breakthrough of heaven. Even if it doesn't look how we think it would look, God, we pray that you would work and you would do what you do best. Because you are the mighty one, you are the, the brilliant one, as Graham Cook says, and you know how to make a way where there seems to be no way. So we invite you to come into that part of your bride and to ignite it. Just ignite your church with fire. Yeah. So this morning as we're getting ready, uh, 
getting ready for church. We're just we're just talking about how um, kind of the Lord has worked in our lives, and um, one of my favorite verses is um, oh my goodness, what is it? It's about not. <laughs> it's about. It's um, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are. Thank you. <laughs> For those who are in Christ, and um, I know early in our walk, I was I would always get I would get mad and frustrated at myself because how come I thought this? How come I said this? How come I did this? But on the Lord's in the Lord's perspective, He's like, there's no condemnation because we have an enemy that is unseen. So there's always. Um, if you're just aware that there is an unseen enemy that's trying to trip you up on purpose, trying to, you know, get you to swear, uh, trying to make you mess up, it, it is the, it's an unseen enemy. So it's not about blaming yourself about how come you uh, failed, how come you didn't, um, you know, how come you weren't perfect. So just remind yourself that you are seated in heavenly places. There is that perfect version of you in heaven that's already, um, already perfect. Um, however, we get to walk. We get to walk it out here. So it's not you if you're always getting it wrong. The Lord's just perfecting you. You're just walking through it. So just be aware. Uh, not to condemn yourself. Oh my gosh, and Connie, it, you look so great. I mean, you you actually, um, you can see the difference in you. Head to toe. Well, that was my verse. <laughs> now I got nothing. No, I'm just kidding. No, just going along with that, that was my verse as well that the Lord has given me, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Know that we are multidimensional beings. We have a flesh suit, we have a spirit, we have the Holy Spirit. And at this very moment it says we are seated with Jesus in heaven. So don't condemn yourself because the Lord loves you. He loves you from the beginning of time till the end of time. Because time for him is totally different than time for us. Yeah. Totally yeah. different. So don't beat yourselves up. Right. Thanks for being here today, Dave. And Ethan and Oscar. Because, oh, and Josh. Need some testosterone in the room. We got all the dads and their kids are on vacation, and some families, I should say. But all the men in the room are like, this is almost women's ministry. <laughs> almost. So, for the sake of time, we won't go very far this morning. I do have a couple words that I wanted to share, and then a scripture. I, I feel like the theme this morning that God really just wants us to catch is his his immense, deep, deep love. 
I used to be kind of weird when people would say, oh, you know, we need to preach on the love of God more. You know, grace, 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 grace. And if I need it for myself, <laughs> then we need to hear it more. There, there are depths of his love. And you're right, he does care how we represent him, how we represent him in the earth. What side of his face do we represent? What facet of his nature? What's most important to him? You know, how did he fashion you when he was weaving you together in the secret place? What, what way are you designed to manifest a facet of his glory? As Ephesians chapter 2 tells us, that it is now through the church, the many-folded, the manifold multicolored, however you want to interpret that word, the manifold wisdom of God would be made manifest through the church. That's us. We get to manifest his many folds of wisdom, his nature, his character. So I'm pretty sure it's important to him that we manifest his love. And that's the difficult one for most of us because we are in these flesh suits and these flesh suits get grumpy and they try to override what the spirit within us wants to override. There's tension. Yeah. The awesome thing is when we're in the atmosphere of worship in this place and we're all just forgetting everything, we're getting lost in the declaration, we're getting lost in the high praises, we're establishing his throne and he's coming and, and dwelling in our presence. He's, his presence is actually manifesting in a, in a deeper, more tangible way, I should say, because he's already here. He was in the room before we walked in, but we weren't aware of it necessarily. But as we worship, we become more aware of his presence. And it's in that atmosphere of worship that our flesh and our soul just kind of falls off into the background as we lay it down at his feet. And then he just bursts forth into our spirit so that we can worship him in spirit and in truth. And then he shows us things. He shows us things in his heart. So with that said, I just want to say a couple things. Well, Josh walked out of the room, so I'll wait till he comes back. We're going to go to Irene. So... Your name, you know, means peace, shalom. That's, that's awesome, by the way. Your name speaks of who you are in his kingdom. You are a daughter of peace. You are a, a royal daughter that carries the prince of peace within you, and you are his representation of his peace. You release the shalom of heaven. So I just had a few words that I was hearing him say as we were worshiping serene serene your name makes me think of serenity Irene and serene so serene beautiful iris in his garden how he cherishes you how he delights and sings over you your worship is like the expensive perfume that was poured out on his feet it's his favorite scent your worship poured out at his feet is his favorite perfume. It's his favorite perfume. Your worship. Not all of us combined. Yours, Irene. His serene, peaceful, royal daughter. <laughs> he can smell it before you even sing. Just when he knows you're getting ready to walk into the room, he's like, here it comes. My favorite perfume. 
Okay. I felt like God was saying, just to rest in him. Just to rest in him. Yeah. Yeah, protect your peace and rest. Yeah. Okay, and then so, so Josh, I know when you first walked into this place months and months ago, you, I, I'm pretty sure we you know, said something towards you, like I gave you a little word. I don't even remember if we did. I'm pretty sure we probably did. But even if we didn't, well, you're going to get one today because you're just highlighted as we were worshiping and <clears throat> I could hear the, the kids playing. And I just, first of all, I want you guys, don't ever feel anxious about the noise. It just gets drowned out when we're worshiping anyway. You know, sometimes you'll hear the same kinds of noise on the worship just because we, we borrow it and there's people in the background. But this is what I felt like the Lord was saying for you, Josh. Jesus is right in the middle of your life. He is right in the middle. Dead smack center. He wants to show you how present he is. And I was also sensing that he wants you to know there's nothing you need to do to make that more real because it's real. Even in your most unholy moment, he's been right in the middle of your, your life. So I heard he wants to show you how present he is, guarding, upholding, protecting, loving, providing, dreaming of how your life will look as you walk deeper in the realization of his favor over your life. It's when you come awake, when you come to realize you have that revelation, the light comes on of his favor over you, it's gonna take you into an even deeper, more powerful place with him. And Shauna, your name, of course, you know, means God is gracious gracious. You have a lot of grace flowing out of your life. You are a dispenser of his grace. You release a gracious atmosphere. His graciousness emanates from you. You release a safe, caring grace that your daughters and Josh thrive in. It's real simple, simple word but it comes out of who you are, how he designed you to be. So we're thankful. We thank him for who you are. So we're going to read a scripture, then we're going to wrap it up because there's definitely no time to get into any of the heart of that. What I want to say before we read a scripture, next Sunday, Teresa Farley will be here. For those of you who don't know, Teresa is the School of Ministry leader at Galen and Danette's Church in McMinnville, Oregon. She is a prophetic voice that we have invited into our church to speak into our foundation. So Galen, we invited initially when we planted this church because we got the word to plant this church at his church at a conference. And so in that connecting of relationship as it, as it, as it folded together and unfolded, um, we invited Galen to be an apostolic leader because we want a church with an apostolic prophetic foundation that we can grow upon. So in that process, we invited Teresa. Now, I do want to make mention that we don't 
have exclusive relationships with just Galen and just Teresa, but they are our primary apostolic and prophetic voices that we invite in because we know them and they know us and they've walked with us from the foundation of this church. And so they are a cherished primary relationship but that doesn't mean that we never invite anyone else. We've had Charlie, we've had John and Carney come and, and others. So, you know, there, there are so many good gifts in the house, in the body of Christ. And we, we want to receive the goods because we need it. We need the goods. We need the equipping. We need the tools. <clears throat> so Teresa will be here next Sunday. Wear a brightly colored shirt with a bullseye on it if you want a prophetic word. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I told uh, Marilyn that. I was like, wear a shirt with a bullseye. Do you have a Target shirt? Do you shop at Target? They probably have one. You just wear that. No, it'll be easy. I, I really don't know what she's going to want to do, but she is really excited. She feels like there's just so much God is wanting to bless our church with. Um, yes, she's bringing Lori Barton with her who came. It's been a little over a year. She was here Father's Day a year ago. So she's a little overdue. We try to get Galen and Danette and Teresa separate times at least once a year. Galen usually twice a year, but so it's, we're overdue. And she will want to um, have some time to, to tell you guys about the School of Ministry opportunity that we kind of briefly shared with some of you. It's an opportunity for us to do the um, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry through New Horizons Church as a satellite church here in Bremerton. So we can receive and participate. It is school, so it's not like, you know, just dabble a little. It's definitely some locked-in engagement and teaching, and, but not over the top. No, it's designed for working families, working singles who want to absorb as much as they can. So, yeah, yeah we got a couple. I know we want to do it. I know Isabel wants to do it. Marilyn wants to do it, Naira, Lynette wants to do it. I don't know if anybody else, but anyway, you'll have time to ask her questions next week. Um, with that, we're gonna look at a scripture and then we're gonna close. <clears throat> I won't have you stand because it might take more than just a minute. So it's my way of wrapping the meeting up. I'll say, why don't you all stand? Or no, I'm not saying stand now. I'm just saying this is what I normally will do so I don't go too long. I'll have them all stand so I have to keep it short. We're gonna read this scripture. It's just a few slides. It's Ephesians chapter 3. This is what I felt like the Lord was highlighting. Um, you know, we've been in this series, this season, and it wasn't an intentional. I didn't feel like God said, take the next four weeks and start just teaching in uh, measure by measure this vision of creating an, a prophetic culture in this church. But it's the heart that we carry to activate our whole church that our children, from the youngest to the oldest of us, would all learn to hear the voice of God and realize that he speaks to us all the time, that his thoughts towards us outnumber the sands of the sea, and he's constantly thinking, he's constantly speaking. And we actually, each one of us, can hear his voice. If you don't think you can, well, you're wrong, because you can, you just don't believe that you can, because you're not sure how you've heard him. But I can guarantee you he's been speaking to you and he still speaks and he's not going to stop. But he wants to teach you as an individual believer how to hear his voice. He's teaching me. I'm on a journey. He's unpacking things. He's showing me where he actually is when I sometimes think it's just my imagination. 
So we've been on this journey. It's just been, you know, a little here, a little there while we try to stuff a lot of things into our gathering. Um, and I felt like <clears throat> part of it was because of what I heard Graham Cook teaching on. Part of it was in the worship that we sang this morning because I've been soaking in that worship set all week. And just knowing from the scriptures that without love, being prophetic or, or speaking in tongues or any kind of gift that you might want to put out there to the world, to the church or to those that are not in the church, without love, what is it? Just a glanging, glanging, clanging gong, just a crashing cymbal. It's just noise. And I can't remember who said it, but it might have been Graham Cook. When people receive a prophetic word from you, they should feel very loved by God. That really spoke to me. I mean, that's always kind of been my heart when we share a word. I really want people to, to know the love of the Father, that I'm not just trying to manufacture something that's a feel-good little cute word to make you feel, smile, you know, bring a little happy joy to your heart for just a second. No, I really want you to know the Father's heart towards you because I'm learning the Father's heart towards me. And as I realize and learn how much he loves me, even though I've struggled with not feeling like I deserve his love and his favor all these years of my life because I focus more on my own performance, my own uh, measure of holiness that I've achieved on my own. You know, I, like most of us, I discredit myself because really our righteousness is all based in Christ, not on our own merits anyway. So, but it's that wrestling, it's that working out your salvation with fear and trembling. And as I've stepped into that revelation of the Father's love for me, and I've had massive softening moments, especially this last month, it's just, it kind of comes and goes through seasons in my life um, where I just feel weepy really easy. Like I'll be delivering mail, I'm just like getting wrecked by God because I feel his love. We were just sitting in the living room last night, uh, I was typing up some of the worship lyrics and I was starting to get messed up and I was hoping Tammy wasn't gonna see me because I was like, <gasps> I could start just bawling right now because he's, she saw, I'll have to go into another room next time. <clears throat> the reality is he's just, he's showing me his heart and his affection, how real he is for me. And he has to do it for me so I can share it, share how he feels about you. Because if I don't believe it about me, I'm not gonna believe it about you. If I don't think I'm worthy of his love, what, what is the measure of our worth? It's the cross of Jesus. That's how important it was for him to save you. You were worth that much to the Lord that he would go to the cross. I have heard it the opposite way. You're just a, a worm. You're just scum of the earth. And Jesus just decided to die for you because he wanted to make something new out of you. <clears throat> but you're really worthless. You can pick a few, cherry pick a few scriptures that talk about, you know, the human condition. Or you can pick the ones that highlight what he thinks about you. Like his thoughts towards you outnumber the sands of the seashore. How he, has, he knows his thoughts for you. He knows his plans for you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Because he's a good, good father. He's a good dad. He's my dad. That's my daddy. 
I'm going to get messed up. So let's look at the scripture and then we're going to close. So Paul, Paul had a revelation and he wrote it to the church in Ephesus. He said, because of all of this, this revelation that, I'm, that I've received from the Lord, I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. And I pray, I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor. I'm going to read that again, that he would unveil, lift the veil within you the unlimited riches, without measure, unlimited, riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Bam. He wants to ignite you. And part of that, you getting ignited and you becoming an on-fire blazing torch in a dark world, it's going it's to require an unveiling within you a revelation of his glory and his favor. If you don't think he has glory to put on you in favor that is on your life, how on earth is he going to be able to explode his power in and through you? So let's look at the next part. Then, by constantly using your faith, okay, so here's some exercise. I know we all love exercise, don't we? But God has called us to practice what we preach, practice our teaching, practice what we believe. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. I'm just going to put my hand on my own heart, my spirit. I guess it's supposed to be in the belly. Is that what they say? The spirit of the person's in the belly, out of your belly, innermost, your uh, innermost being, rivers of living water. Okay, so the life of Christ will be released deep inside of me. So I just declare that over my spirit, that <clears throat> within me and out of me, that river of the life of Jesus would flow, that it would be released deep inside of me. So deep inside of you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. That's pretty powerful. If you're, a gar if you're a plant in a garden, you are his iris, Irene. You are a plant in his garden. We are all planted in the master gardener's garden. And he wants the main nutrient that you absorb up into your roots to be his love. And Paul was so deeply convicted of it and convinced of it that he prayed this for the church, not just for the Ephesians, but for us today, that his love will become the very source and root of your life. Let's go to the next one. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude, think of an earthquake, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. And if you don't know what all the dimensions are, there's a handful of them in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient, love is kind. You just read it on your own. In all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. It's not limited. How enduring and inclusive it is. 
endless love beyond measurement that transcends my understanding. I just can't fathom it. I don't get it. It's too big for me to wrap my brain around. That's how big his love is. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God because God is love. And if you're filled with the spirit, if you're filled with the love of God, you're filled with him because he is love. Just read 1 John, go through it. Can't say that you love your brother. You know God if you don't love your brother and all that stuff. So anyway, we need love. I need more love. I need to soak it in more. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. I already read that. I thought you just moved it on to the next one. Sorry. Here's the end, I think. Is that the last part of it? Never doubt. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. The moment you start disqualifying and discrediting yourself is when you're partnering with the liar because he knows when you believe the truth and the truth sets you free and you get ignited with the explosive power of God, you are dangerous to his plan. If he can just come as the accuser of the brethren and just smear you with little subtle lies to make you think less of yourself when Jesus paid for you to think high, high thoughts, not that you would be boastful and proud. That would be stupid. That's the spirit of stupid. But that you would rise up to who God says you are. That you are a son or a daughter. That you are credited full righteousness. That your sin has been blotted out. That there is now no longer any condemnation for those of you who are in him. No condemnation at all. And when the accusations come... You tell it to shut up because that's not God. He's the convictor. He convinces you of truth. He is more concerned about you growing up into him who is the head than you being bashed down into a corner as a little dirty worm because you can't get over your sin. He died for you to have a new creation life. Behold, the old is gone. The new has come. You are a new creation something the earth has never seen before. When you said yes to Jesus and he birthed the new birth of his spirit within you, you became a new creature, powerful, dangerous, signed up in the army of God with marching orders to go love. Not the Beatles kind of love. That's, that's gross. The love of God, the love that is holy, that is pure, that is kind, that is righteous, that does stand up for injustice. So never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. You think your prayers are big? He can do way more than what you're asking. I think we need to ask him, what should I pray for then? Anyway, your most unbelievable dream and even exceed your wildest imagination, he will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. All of the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. Why don't you guys stand up as we got to wrap it up. 
All of God's promises to us in Christ are yes and amen. They're not yes one day and no the other. Well, you read your Bible for an hour, you prayed, you worshiped, you did all, all that stuff, so now I'll give you the power to go walk and release my goodness. That would be yes if you do all of these things and no if you didn't read your Bible today, you didn't turn on the worship, you didn't do your whatever measurement of prayer. Now, reading your Bible, praying, and worshiping are all important tools. But we don't earn the favor of God. His favor towards you, he wants to unveil it right now. His glory and his favor towards you is constant. It is on. He wants to energize you constantly. All of his promises are yes and amen. And therefore, through Christ, we say the amen. We say yes, Lord. So let's just put our hands out. We say yes, Lord. We say yes to you. We say yes to your promises. We say yes to the process. We say yes to where you want to lead us. Wherever you go, we will go. We say yes to you. We partner with heaven today. We commit ourselves, we consecrate ourselves unto you, Lord Jesus, because you are the Lord of life and you are our hope and our future. We have nothing without you, Lord. So we want you and we want it all. Forgive us, Lord, if we've wasted time disqualifying and discrediting ourselves or others. As Bill Johnson said, if, or maybe it was Chris Ballatun, if, if we use the measurement of the leaders in the Old Testament, none of them would have ever become elders in the church today. You use broken, crooked sticks to draw straight lines. And we just place ourselves in your hands and we say yes to you, Daddy. Yes to you, King Jesus. Yes to you, Holy Spirit. We say yes. And we say thank you. And we love you in Jesus' name.